You're listening to The Deep Cut, a podcast by Atlanta Christian Church, hosted by lead pastor Derek Sweatman and community and spiritual formation pastor Joel Mooneyhan. Each week, we take a closer look at the history and theology surrounding the week's lectionary text to give you a deeper knowledge of God's Word and what it means to us today. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy what you find. And now, let's get started. have thoughts. We have thoughts. Yes. Just a few. Okay, we're on, by the way. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, welcome back. Uh, this is our second and final week in a little two-week Exodus run, and we did uh, Sabbath Command last week. This story is somewhat connected because it has to do with impatience. Uh, it has to do with substituting God with something else. So, it's the golden calf story. Mm-hmm. And our great reader, Joel Mooneyham, is going to read for us, and then we will all discuss some deeper points of yeah. this story and what to do with it. Yeah, so it's Exodus 32, 1 through 14. It's kind of lengthy, but uh, it's, it's good. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, and the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, uh, up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we did not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in your ears, of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. (laughs) And the Lord said to Moses, Go down, for your people, whom you've brought out of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and that I might consume them, in order that I might make a great nation out of you. Uh, make a great nation of you. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent, did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your anger, turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And all this land I shall promised, uh, that I promised I shall give you to your offspring, that they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing to his people. Thank you. It's a lot. Well, I think first on the tail end, it's, very, it's always interesting to me when you see Moses like, um, like argue with God and then like mm-hmm. change his mind a little Prevails, bit. Yeah. yeah, it's really strange. I heard somebody talk about the... Their, doing a sermon on that and 
and why we often feel frustrated when we pray and we don't even hear anything and why did why could Moses change God's mind and the point was that Moses spent a lot of time in prayer and yeah. in the presence of God intentionally yeah it's kind of an interesting note on you know if you want to build intimacy with God you have to build intimacy with God <laughs> yeah and it could be that God this is the outcome God had anyway, mm-hmm. but he just wants to hear Moses be real with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, you brought them out here. And if you do this, then everyone's going to know that you're the guy yeah. who brought them out to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> is God at that point just going, yeah, yeah, keep coming. Keep Come coming. on. <laughs> well, what else you got? Well, it's interesting. And I don't know if jumping ahead in the chapter is appropriate for what we're doing here, but like, even though Moses changes God's mind here and prays for him to not be, you know, vengeful and have his wrath on the people. Like only a few verses later, Moses loses his temper with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So even though he's able to do this thing and you know, kind of argue with God and get him to you know change his mind, um, it doesn't. It's not because he's some perfect human being. I mean, clearly he's no. a very flawed person throughout this story. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that just a few verses later he. He does the very thing he asks God not to do. <laughs> well, don't we all? Don't we all hold God to a different standard? You get this sense of like, ah, every time Israel does something, and you just think you just see God like putting his hand on his forehead, yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah, I just did this thing. But we do that. Like, we want God to behave a certain way, but we don't always mm-hmm. yeah. behave that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. God would have done it better, would you? Would you have? <laughs> Really? And again, it kind of goes back to that uh, Jacob and Jacob wrestling the mm-hmm. angel story, mm-hmm. being renamed Israel, which means to fight with God. So early in the Genesis, you know, or late in the Genesis story, we get this defining moment of what the relationship looks like anyway. So Moses is just part and parcel. Yeah. Arguing back. Yeah, I mean, it's a continuation from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what Abraham did as well mm-hmm. when God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He argued with them. He there did, can be yeah. a righteous person. So there's always this opportunity in the like from the beginning to, to talk with God and mm-hmm. argue your case. It's and, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's the outcome you want, like you can still argue your case and he'll hear it. Yeah, yeah you're not going to, you're not going to, receive God's wrath for having a conversation. No. Like there's not a you must obey and never question. Yeah. If that were the case, many of the Psalms would be deleted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't have that many? There so won't be hundred and fifty. Many of them are very forthright. <laughs> so okay, well that's out of the way. Let's back up and talk about this uh this big golden calf, which apparently people got up to uh, play with the next they day. Did. Yeah, I laughed when you read that. <laughs> I love it when they Kids, say to get Aaron, off the golden calf. I love it when they say to Aaron, "This is the God's golden calf." Up, yeah. Make us an idol. <laughs> yeah, get up. Um, yeah, I liked. So when we were kind of when we were discussing getting this started, Derek, I liked what you said about the idols are what we make when we're tired of waiting on mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, I'd never thought of it that way, that in, in a lot of ways, there, there are things that we, there are obviously things that we do to replace mm-hmm. our devotion to God, but I'd never really connected it to impatience mm-hmm. before, and I think it 
Yeah, if we think God has drifted off somewhere, then we'll look around, mm-hmm. you know, for something. So. Yeah, and, and how long were they actually waiting at this point? I mm-hmm. mean, we don't know, like, when did they lose their patience? How long was Moses actually gone? Was mm-hmm. it... I think it says 40 days at one point, but isn't that kind of a descriptor of like shorthand a for time, a, a period of time? Yeah. Um, and so was he gone for three days, 40 days, three months? Like we don't know mm-hmm. what point they really lost their patience. And so each of us might have a different length of time. We all have a different 40 days. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a really good just analogy maybe for us that, it can yeah. change. Well, and I think as well in chapter 31, at the very end of 31, there's a restatement of the Sabbath command. Mm-hmm. So this is the connection, you know, to last week. And again, the Sabbath is that, you know, that day of rest that's carved out to remember lots of things, but to also remember that this is God's world. It's not your world. You're, you're partnered with God in his world. And yeah. there's a reiteration of that just before this story. Well, and I like that, too, because if you look at ancient pagan practices, there was always a transactional model between mm-hmm. the god and the, the worshiper. I, you, you, give a, you give a coin, you, you expect a thing back, you mm-hmm. offer your body or whatever. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, all these transactions. And, if, and the fear was that if you don't give this grain offering, if you don't give this coin or whatever then then the gods will be angry with you or you can buy you can buy their anger off and what's interesting is that throughout the the old testament really what you see is god continually freely giving mm-hmm. with nothing i mean he he asks but he doesn't demand or you know i mean sabbath is a gift mm-hmm. and there's there's no there's nothing to come from that except for rest mm-hmm. um, and so I, my thought is that we don't worship God so that he blesses us we worship God because he blesses mm-hmm. us and the fact that things don't necessarily go our way is not indicative of having lost favor with God or anything like that like God God is not interested in transactions with us he gives to us more than we can possibly give back mm-hmm. and it's the it's unique in the in the uh, religious world, that you have a, a God that is not particularly interested in what you can give him before he's, he's willing to give Jesus. Well, yeah, and so, that, I mean, that's from the very beginning when he first makes the covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. It's even though covenants were two sided, it was very one sided because he, God said, I'm making this covenant with you, and he does all the things. Like, mm-hmm. Abraham really didn't have to contribute anything to seal the deal. It was just, you know, you will be my people. I will and Abraham, make your descendants. Yeah. Abraham's is the story of faith. Yeah. And nothing that Abraham got had anything to do with what he had achieved. Mm-hmm. It had to do with that he was willing to trust that God was leading him somewhere significant. And that was it. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with the calf? Like, what is happening? <laughs> they just, you know, there's a couple of finer points here where Aaron agrees and I don't know if Aaron thinks it's a joke. That's when, that's one of the things that I heard, yeah. too, just in getting ready. Like, there's some people who translate that as, like, okay, I'll do this thing for you. And then, like, things escalated quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, crap. 
and whether they really believed that this was a new god for them or you know or if the the calf was a thing on which Yahweh would sit you know this is obviously a, a piece or of that even mocking the very idea yeah you don't like, it doesn't oh, okay. say Here's our God who brought us out of... <laughs> yeah. Like we don't see his face, so we'll just make this out of him. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you can take it. So I can't I can't really decide. I mean, again, it's all part of the impatience piece, but, you know, I don't know what Aaron thinks when they ask him to do it, if he thinks this is just something to pass the time. Yeah. Or, when he goes back and forth, because in the beginning it says, um, and they said, these are your gods, little g, mm-hmm. plural, but then in the next line in verse five, he says, tomorrow shall be um, a feast to the Lord, mm-hmm. which, you know, is not the same. Like it's capital L, Lord, me- yeah. Yeah, meaning God. And so it goes back and forth there. And, and also I think it's good to remember that the Israelites were coming out of a polytheistic mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. They were coming out of Egypt where it was acceptable and okay. Expected. To, yeah, to worship whoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Maybe some like some of that has to be unlearned. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're not they're not monotheistic people at this point Mm -mm. by any stretch of the imagination. It'll take a long time, and um, (coughs) because that even comes up in Joshua. Joshua at the end of his book uh, says that very thing. Like, if you still want to keep worshiping the gods, yeah, go for it. From the other side of the river, you can do that. But uh, so it's a long rehab. There's some there's some other terminology like not monotheistic or polytheistic but where it's sort of polytheistic but one of them is greater than all the others. Yeah. I don't I don't That's kind of where they're at. Like <laughs> there's I think it's the word is monolatry where it's it's worship of a single god mm-hmm. with the recognition with that the recognition of, others. of others. I think that's what that's yeah. called. Yeah. And you can see that in a lot of the Old Testament mm-hmm. mindset that there might be that belief. Yeah. It takes a while. Well, even when, when Elijah goes up against the mm-hmm. prophets of the... Yeah. yeah well, the whole thing is, okay, if you got a God, let's see if he's more powerful than mine. Yeah. Um, Eventually, the Jewish mindset would be that all other gods are not even real. Mm-hmm. But at this point, that's not, that's not on the table. The They're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So it, it's toss-up, you know, if this is just a fun little fill-the-time activity... Or, I mean, at least for Aaron, I don't know what Aaron really thought of it. Um, you know, Aaron becomes, you know, the central, uh, the central person from which every future priest would come from. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's, it's funny that it's him, but... Whatever else it was, it really ticked God off. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, as Lindsay said, it got out of hand, for sure. So, Joel, do you have any thoughts on the calf? Are you looking at some notes there? Well, I, I just got to thinking about... Uh, Every now and then you'll you hear somebody say that we're in a post-religious society. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're not. We're absolutely not. Like we yeah, have there's never idols. been such a thing. Yeah, we we have idols for everything, whether we call them that or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we we make idols out of the impatience. We make idols out of um, because of fear of something. Mm-hmm. But I've found it interesting that people put even put harmful things in idolatrous positions. Um, people will make an idol out of a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. They'll make an idol out of um, an addiction. They'll mm-hmm. make an idol out of uh, their desire to gossip. I mean, what, I mean, all kinds of things we build our identities around. And this, this is not a story that 
to me, has nothing to say. Um, right. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, and I think we, we just don't think about some of the things that we do that are actually idolatrous. And, I mean, I'm guilty of it every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, and especially now, I think, uh, where people are looking for something to save us from a pandemic or from political woes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we look to a candidate or a vaccine or a, this thing or that thing as this will be, the, this will solve the problem. If this person wins, everything will be fine. Or mm -hmm. we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be good once we, once we get to this point get to in research or whatever. Thing. And okay, these are important things we have to consider because we live in a society, but those things can't really save you. Mm -hmm. And if that's all you're hanging your hope on, you're gonna be disappointed. Uh, one, because it's not going to be what you think. And two, because it's not going to sustain you. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, idolatry is not just about worshiping something, but it's also about hanging your hope on it and believing that it will carry you through mm -hmm. further than just the moment you're trying to get through. Mm -hmm. And what scripture tells us is that God, you can hang your hope on God and God will carry you and, and sustain you even when nothing else will. Yeah. I think it's also important to look at the flip side of that. Like you're talking about the negative things or maybe mm -hmm. the toxic things that we create idols from. But I think it's important to think about this golden calf and where did they get the gold? Mm -hmm. Where did they get all the things? It's from just a few chapters before when they left Egypt and God said, <laughs> go plunder the Egyptians and take all their yeah, gold. Go and get jewels. all your stuff back. Yeah, yeah. Like, and probably these things were meant in what they will use them for to make the Ark of the mm -hmm. Covenant and all of that. But instead they took these gifts, they took these blessings that God gave them and they twisted them mm -hmm. and turned them into this golden cap. So we have in us to take something that God has gifted us with. If it's a, a talent that we've got, right. um, if it's our, our money, if it's, um, people in our lives, mm -hmm. like not toxic relationships, but just other relationships. Sure. There's all these opportunities that we have to take even something that's good and a gift from God mm -hmm. and put it above him and put it in that still the same thing that you were saying, Joel, like that we put all of our hopes on that and that that becomes the most important thing yeah. to carry us through life. And mm -hmm. so it's just like, there's just as much danger in creating idols out of good. Yeah. yeah. And and again, I th there's something to be said for, especially in regards to those things, like the good things we, it's good to have, like it's, it's good that there are things that we're blessed with mm -hmm. and we, we should value them. But the, what happens is when you, when you put those above God, then you're, you're going to, as hard as you had to work to get them or as hard as you, you know, as much effort as it took, you're always going to have to have that. And by, um, and and sometimes you might you might have to lose them in, in exchange to uh, to fully in, for other things. You might have to exchange one thing for another. But if you when God is worshipped above all other things, you'll find that the blessings He pour out He pours out uh, answer all of those other needs that you thought you had mm -hmm. that you were running to other idols to sustain yourself with, whether it's intimacy or security or um, you know, any number of good things that we want. Mm -hmm. um, if we're getting all those on our own, we can only sustain a couple at a time. But if, yeah. we're, if we're reaching for God first, God will take care in, in, in his way if we, 
you know, with faith and trust in Him. It's yeah. It's where does my hope come from? Right. It's that line. Is my hope coming from right <clears throat> from God or from all the things? And deeply in that is just again <clears throat> back to where we started. It's just the whole impatience mm-hmm. and waiting. You know, it's an impatient time right now because there's so many things at stake, and that makes it much easier to be impatient. Like yeah, with with the with the virus, we want we want closure on that because we're impatient mm-hmm. because people are dying and like that just makes it more urgent. And but it's a slow process, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they pulled something off in the next four or five months, it's still record time, you know. But in yeah. our mindset, you know, it needs to be now. It, we are, we're so used to we've gotten so used to having everything at our fingertips immediately that mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that something would take time. And when we think about faith and spirituality, it's the enemy of faith and spirituality is a hurriedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know this from the monastics. We know this from you know the the contemplatives. Like you just can't you know to quote Phil Collins, quoting the Supremes, <laughs> you can't hurry luck. Right. You know, um, but in faith, yeah, faith and spirituality and hurriedness don't go well together yeah uh, because it's a, it's a slower moving thing and because it has a bigger view of life and the world and immediacy is not um, part of the vocabulary you know i think immediacy is also the opposite of hoping at all mm-hmm. like if you're waiting on something if you have patience to wait it means that you have hope mm-hmm. and a certain sense of assurance that what you're waiting on is one worth it mm-hmm into imminent and will come to pass however long it takes and that's the scary thing is that with god doesn't operate on a timeline that 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 we want he doesn't you know bend to our demands i want it by Mm -hmm. january or Mm -hmm. whatever (laughs) you get it when it's the right time and you're not big enough Mm -hmm. to see what that is but I, i think there's a there's a level of there's a level at which impatience is also hopelessness because you you're not trusting you're not hoping that there is something coming and so you're mm-hmm. you decide that well if, if that's not here now right. I'm just going to go grab for this other thing that is and another thing to consider too mm-hmm. is that if you know we we learn this mostly in the New Testament but that that Christ is in all and through all mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> The, um, at least the way we think about it is within the church community the presence of God is always there in different ways and but that seems to have always been true and so it's like even, even though the Israelites are impatient at this, at this point maybe they should have just looked around mm-hmm. and they would have seen the presence of God amongst themselves you know as images of God Here's Aaron, our leader-ish. Um, but instead, they go to inanimate things that don't necessarily give life. That has not changed. You know, like we <laughs> fail to see Christ in all and through all. So right. we just grab other things that um, well, are more immediate. And to that point, by this time, God's fed them mm-hmm. uh, miraculously. He's, I mean, he, he's rescued them from slavery. Mm-hmm. 
there are the ten plagues, the Red Sea, mm-hmm. uh, the pillars of smoke and fire, mm-hmm. uh, manna from heaven. I mean, all of these things that God has already done. Yep. And how quick they are to forget. And well, they're still for all for all for what it's worth, they're still deeply Egyptian. Yeah. In their culture, so. Yeah. The calf thing is that doesn't budge any historian <laughs> like that. Yeah, of course, yeah, sure. of course they did. Of course they built that, you know. But yeah, um, it's not a silly story. It's a factual. <laughs> this sort of stuff happens, you know. I can. I just. I remember this a conversation I had with a good friend of mine, Nathaniel, and I was just having some. I was having some struggles, and Nathaniel's he, name has been changed to protect to his, protect <laughs> his awesomeness. Um, but you know, one of the things he said was, "You you can't forget what." what good you have seen mm-hmm. and what good uh, whatever uncertainty you feel fine but don't let that cloud the good that you have seen yeah and and let you forget that and despair over you know a frustrating moment when there have been innumerable mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. wonderful things uh, and that kind of reality check is helpful with and I think to close it down because we're coming up to the end here but the backdoor lesson here is about Moses's patience with Israel mm-hmm. um, because here he is up on the mountain complaining to God about God's seeming impatience but perhaps what God is doing in this moment is teaching him you know to be patient as well because as you pointed out and just Mm-hmm. And just a little bit past this story, Moses like loses his mind, yeah. you know. And so there's a little backdoor lesson here about Moses's own leadership with these people. That just as God has been patient with them, you have to do the same thing. And so it's, uh, yeah, I think that's worth noting. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like for people in our own lives that we see as. Um, maybe against what we think or we believe looking at Aaron in this story Mm -hmm. and like what you pointed out earlier Derek like even though Aaron did this really stupid thing of making the golden calf um, it's just after this that it's his descendants it's Mm -hmm. because they're from the tribe of Levi Mm -hmm. that the Levites become the priests like Mm -hmm. the leaders of this nation of people yeah and Moses who's arguing a case you know to God mm-hmm. then turns around and screws up so it's yeah. like the, the hero of the story fails and the villain of the story mm-hmm. the, the role Ra- shifts raised up. all yeah. the time yeah yeah so there's there's this like moment of redemption for for Aaron and mm-hmm. his descendants yeah sweet awesome we'll leave it at that cool bye, bye. see ya Thanks for listening to this episode of The Deep Cut. If you'd like more episodes, want to listen through our archives of sermon series, or if you're in the Atlanta area and want to learn more about ACC's mission and ministry, you can find us online at www.atlantachristianchurch.org or follow us on Instagram at the handle Atlanta Christian Church. Special thanks to Jeff Box and Dave Hick for our musical themes, and thanks again to you for listening. We'll be back next week, but until then, y'all have a good one and go with Christ. Grace and peace, and we will see you soon.